Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. My name is Cindy Kuzma, and this week, as part of our series on Better, Faster, Stronger, I spoke with Tevia Selly. She's the director of training for Cycle Bar Franchising. Tevia is a true pioneer of studio fitness. She opened her first business, Body and Soul, in 1998, and she's been in the biz ever since. It's safe to say that she's seen a few changes in the way we go about making ourselves better, faster, and stronger. We talked about that, and also about how now she works to keep a new generation of cycle bar instructors across the country and the world inspired and motivated. But we went a bit deeper. We had a fascinating conversation about how Tevia navigated a serious medical diagnosis, how she learned to recognize and appreciate her own gifts and talents, and what it takes to create the best possible version of yourself. It was truly enlightening to talk with her, and I hope you can take something away from this conversation too. So here is my interview with Tevia. This is Cindy Kuzma on the We Got Goals podcast, and I'm here with Tevia Selly, who is the Director of Training for Cycle Bar Franchising. Tevia, thank you so much for joining us today on the We Got Goals podcast. It is an honor to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having me, and it's it's an honor to be here. Um, so before we get started, could you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, uh, I am the director of training for Cycle Bar Franchising. Uh, that's a big job. I have about 1,800 instructors that have gone through our program so far in the last three years, so that's a, it's a big deal. We train uh, with all of the studios that we have, we have an ongoing training program as well. So with every franchise that opens, we uh, help audition and train these instructors for these studios to launch. That does sound like a huge role, but I know you have been in the industry for a long time. And this this segment on We Got Goals, we are kind of talking all about being better, faster, and stronger. And we know that the spin studio is, is one place people head to achieve that goal. <laughs> and we're really excited to have Cycle Bar here in Chicago now. But given that you were truly one of the pioneers of indoor fitness uh, and, I mean, indoor cycling and honestly, studio fitness in general, things that today we do have on every corner in a city like Chicago and we kind of take for granted. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, when you started your first studio, Body and Soul, it was back in 1999, right? Uh, 1998. 1998. Yes. <laughs> uh, would you have imagined what the fitness world would look like today? No, not at all. Um, not at all. We're just in, we're in a different, it's so different. I mean, everything changes, right? Evolution of everything. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, people loved the idea of coming together to do something, um, together as a community and the intimacy that indoor cycling or any, basically any boutique fitness studio offers, because when you go into a big box gym, you don't often have that. There's so much going around, you know, going on around you. And so when we walk into studio fitness, there's intimate com- uh, connections that are made and you see the same, you know, 50, 60 people, you know, day in and day out, and they become a, a vital part of your, your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that it took on, did I ever imagine that it would be yoga, Pilates, bar, stretching? No, never in a million years did I think it would ever 
come to the level that it is. So I think we're in a very interesting place right now in the boutique fitness world, because I think what has made it so popular um, is the, the avenue of, of workouts at home and that thing, those, those, those workouts. Now you can do boot camp at home. Now you can do, you know, you can do indoor cycling at home, which is great. I think it's awesome. But I do think that um, the trend will always come back to that uh, intimacy that you have in a boutique studio, um, because at the end of the day, we yearn for connection. Humans yearn for that connection, and they're going to go where that connection is. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned, I mean, obviously, the big change has been so many different options now. Um, so in a fitness world where there always is something new and it kind of a different way to get better, faster, or stronger, why do you think that indoor cycling specifically has endured? I think indoor cycling specifically becomes a form of active meditation. Mm. Because you're riding to the rhythm of the music, you're sweaty, you're working really hard, you move from a place of, of having, you know, you walk into a class and you've got all this stuff on your mind, you're, you're weighted, and somewhere, pedal stroke after pedal stroke, you're, you're letting that go and becoming present and it kind of all falls off of you. And so I feel like it's a form of active meditation and that's the success of indoor cycling, whether it be in studio or, uh, or you know, at home at Pelot- doing a Peloton, right? Um, I think that that is the greatest thing that indoor cycling does that it's really hard to get in other workouts. Yeah, and I think when you say that too, it does circle back to your point a little bit of, of- there always being a space for that in-studio experience. Because I think you're right that you can get that sort of mindfulness in a, in a workout at home. But there's something about physically leaving and going to another space and entering into that with other people that seems like it, it heightens that to me. Do you think that's the case? I do. And I think that, you know, just from, I mean, I've been doing this for 21 years now. I mean, it's amazing that I'm so young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, but I've been doing it for so long that I think what I've seen is that it, sometimes we, we, we gather in this community of indoor cycling and we have our teachers that we love to go take. And we, week after week, we see the same people, not necessarily people that we would hang out with all the time, mm-hmm. but they, we become connected to them because, you know, maybe we're going in and we're taking a class one day and we're going through losing a parent or, you know, getting divorced, or, you know, having the hardest time of your life, and maybe having the best time of your life. So because you've been in a room with this person, sweating next to them, you're now somehow connected. And you're, you're working through it with someone that might not know what you're going through. But you yet feel supported when you walk in that room. And I think that that's the one thing that boutique fitness does is that it allows for those human connections that don't necessarily have to translate, hey, let's go have dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met my, my wife in indoor cycling class. People meet, I have, I have some of my best friends actually met in my class um, and they got married. So 
Um, you know, you do develop uh, these friendships, though, um, that after years of doing the same thing with these some people. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so would you say that sort of connection is kind of what has motivated you to stay in the industry for so long as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the effect that uh, boutique fitness uh, has in communities can be uh, incredibly impactful because, you know, you in, in, in our industry for, for Cycle Bar or any of our exponential brands, really, or franchising mom and pop stores, uh, that boutique fitness, when you have that, it has that mom and pop feeling. The impact you make in your community, you do fundraisers. You know, we do our Cycle Gives program. There's so much that you give back and you become that constant thing that no matter what's going on in your life, whether you're changing jobs, you're getting out of a relationship, something's moving, you have this constant that you can go to. And it's it's almost like the the you know the analogy of the bar, the cheers bar, right? Everybody knows your name. You have that. And that's super important, I think. People would go to the bar at Cheers and you know sit down and they were they were a bunch of characters that nobody would necessarily hang out with outside of that venue. Mm-hmm. But every day that's where they could come. So I think it's it's that same feeling. People that's what they love about it the most. Right. That third space that people always talk about, right? And how nice when it is mm-hmm. uh, a place where you can sweat and be healthy and, uh, um, you know, rather than just a bar. Not that there's anything wrong with bars. We're fine with those too. But no, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something for everyone. But I think that, you know, in, so you're in this space, no matter what you're going through, and you get to walk out and feel better. And so for me, having... Being able to, I feel fortunate that I'm able to be in this business and continue to groom uh, the young ones. I call them all my kids. Um, you know, in this world of of instructing and motivating and inspiring, and what an effect and of po- positivity you have in your community. And, and it's so impactful. So I, I feel grateful that I, I get to do this every day. Mm. I don't know how I got so lucky. Well, that is a pretty incredible feeling to have. I think we all wish for that in our careers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, like you say, 21 years in this industry, and uh, I, I mean only uh, 28 years of life or whatever, however many, <laughs> we won't say for sure. But uh, in all of that time, I know you must have accomplished many things. But as I mentioned to you before we started recording, we ask people on this podcast uh, two big questions. And one is, what is a big goal that you have achieved? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? Oh, wow. (laughs) Such a hard question. Uh There's so many goals. Uh, You know, I think professionally, it kind of speaks for itself. So I'm not even going to go on that route. I'm going to, I'm going to go on more of a, of a, my personal journey Mm. of health. Um, You know, we could be super fit and not necessarily be healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I was, diagnosed with MS when I was 41. And I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say my age is 55. Um, and I'm proud of it because I, I am in uh, 
the best shape and um, I take care of myself. So I'm, I'm happy to be 55 and healthy and in the shape that I'm in. No shame mm-hmm. for being that old. Um, but for me, it was a matter of taking, I think the biggest accomplishment, and people ask me this all the time, how have I stayed committed? But when I was diagnosed with MS in when I was 41, so that was um, 14 years ago, I, you know, the, the first response was, hey, here's three pamphlets of injectables that you have one, you pick one that you want to go on, read through all of them because there's side effects, flu-like symptoms, you know, amongst other things um, and go home and then we'll call some, you know, we'll call you on Monday and then we'll send a nurse to show you how to do it. And, you know, I was like, I can't do this. I can't inject myself with something that's going to give me flu-like symptoms. I owned a studio. I taught, you know, six times, six to eight times a week. I, I just like, I'm not going to change that part of my life. Um, told me not to do indoor cycling anymore. Mm. So I, I really went the alternate route and I did, I did my due diligence and I did the research. And so for me, it was, you know, finding the success rate of people who took the alternate road of, I went to a plant-based diet. I, you know, did whatever I could to eliminate the stress in my life. I mean, obviously you're going to go through things. We all go through things and and it's inevitable that you're going to have stress. Things happen, but, but the main stressors that were um, helping, helping me be sick, um, you know, remove those from my life. And so, uh, that was a difficult transition from someone who taught so much that I could eat six donuts in a day and never gain a pound, Mm -hmm. right? I could have in and out burger and six donuts and cookies and ice cream, whatever I wanted. So, um, I had to change the mindset. Um, I had to change my thought process. I had to, uh, you know, rewire my brain in a sense of not reacting the way that I used to react, so to speak. So I think that for me has been the biggest accomplishment. And, you know, I, I actually was at dinner with somebody the other night and a dessert came to the table and they're like, Oh, just once, just, just try this once, you know, it's not going to hurt you. And that, you know, goal of I'm never cheating. I'm never going to put something in my body that can potentially put me back in a state of disease. So, um, I would say again that, yeah, that's my biggest success accomplishment. That's a pretty big and important one for sure. And yeah, it's, uh, I, love asking people this question because sometimes it is those professional goals that rise to the top and sometimes it is these that are very personal. So how did you even know where to get started in doing that research and doing that investigation? Um, I had some uh, a couple people, uh, friends in my life that, you know, had suggested, um, you know, going to a plant-based diet and that that was the way. And um, you know, I mean, grateful that it happened when it happened and not 10 years earlier when you couldn't get on, you know, 
and search on the internet. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the internet brings us so much knowledge. So I was able to get to the right, uh, the right, the, the information I needed. And so at that point I thought it wouldn't, I'll try this. And if it doesn't work, then I'll reconsider the other. And I kind of had this, you know, negotiation, you know, back in my brain going, okay, so if it doesn't work and I relapse, if I have a relapse, I will, um, Mm -hmm. I'll go on the medicine and by, you know, luck, I don't know, luck will foods in the right mindset. I I think, um, it, 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 I have been in remission. I haven't had any relapses. So, um, that for me has been, you know, it's non-negotiable. I just will always stay in this way. How did you have, I mean, I'd imagine that then you maybe had to have this conversation with your physicians who are kind of negotiate that aspect of it. Um, and I think that that's something that can be really challenging for people sometimes is to do your own research and be your own sort of medical advocate. Um, how did that all go and how did you approach that process? Yeah, that was the, that was tough conversations. Um, it's, you know, just that I, this is what I'm going to do. I don't feel comfortable, um, going this route right now and, you know, I'll see how it goes and I'll get back to you. And I, you know, in the beginning, it took me a while, mind you, I didn't, you know, it took me a while and I kept having, uh, I was having symptoms throughout, but once I made that decision, um, and went completely plant-based and started doing things that worked for me uh, emotionally and helped that part of it, I um, started noticing my symptoms decreasing. So even um, I was a part, uh, I was on the board of trustees for the MS Society, the National MS Society. And, you know, I raised a lot of money from the, for them in the very beginning, the first couple years that I was doing this. And um, it came down to, I can't raise money for you unless you start to give money to alternative Mm. research. And I I ended up resigning from the board because of it. Um, Because, and I understand, you know, the the politics of of, of something, you know, they, they need the money to help fund and take care of people who can't drive and need to get to doctor's appointments, right? So they, they have to uh, take that drug money. So it, there is that. And I totally understand that. I'm grateful that they are able to offer the programs that they offer because they do help so many people. Um, but at the time for me, um, it, it, uh, it, is not, it was not acceptable to keep raising money if we weren't going to go down, what was healing my body. So there's a big disconnect, I think. And, you know, sometimes Western medicine helps a lot, but there are, I think there's just these, a range of diseases out there that it's a crapshoot and it doesn't always help. And, and you might take this medication and it might help with one thing, but it's going to hurt something else. Yeah. 
Well, and it sounds like you were really smart the way you went about it for yourself and sort of tracking your symptoms and noticing how what you were doing um, was affecting you. And that probably was a really helpful in your motivation too, as you say, that that kind of mindset shift, right? Um, could you talk a little bit more about how you did uh, continue to change your mindset so that this became a little bit easier for you as you as you went along? Um, you know, I had to change. It, it was just a choice. I didn't want to feel, I, you know, I was having blurred vision. I was having excruciating uh, nerve pain. And once that just started to diminish, I remember the first time I was laying in bed at night and I didn't have these shooting pains. And I was like, oh my God, I, this is, this is working. I'm not having pain. It's amazing. So that from that point on, it was like, I know what I have to do and I'm just going to do it. Um, as far as the eating, you know, the, the, the mindset of getting, going through the process of what is weighing me down emotionally, that was a whole nother, it's a whole nother issue of having to go through that stuff. But for me, it was honestly, um, I was going through a, 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 a really stressful uh, few years with uh, my family, my my father um, and his wife, and there was a lot of issues. He had Alzheimer's, and his wife was just a, a horrible human being. And quite honestly, it was so toxic because of the stuff that was happening and and what she was doing and putting me through. And so I had to make a choice um, for my health um, to cut off completely, um, knowing that I couldn't help my father, um, but I couldn't stay engaged because it was hurtful, toxic, and causing me so much stress that it was making me sick. And so I had to make some pretty big choices uh, that were really, really hard um, and, you know, but, but again, looking back and I think that, you know, it, it's, it's in, in, at, in this day and age, as we're being more accountable for our, our health and our well being, it's, it's not just, it's what we put into our body. It's what we allow to take up space <laughs> in our energy as well. And so really working on that now for me it's really the you know making sure that there's meditation making sure that there's the right people are in my life making sure that um i'm centered and as balanced as i can be no matter what comes my way well, i'm so sorry you had to go through all that but uh yeah it's you know another project that i work on it has to do with um injury, uh, like sort of the psychological side of, of sports injuries and other injuries and coming back from that. And um, I work with a mental skills coach on that. And she talks a lot about that idea of stress being um, not just a psychological um, issue, but definitely a, a physiological process too. And that um, it really is those other things in our lives really can interfere with our health and, you know, our ability to gain anything from our workouts, our ability to, uh, to get through the day to manage our illnesses. Um, so that it makes so much sense to me that you would sort of take stock of uh, those things that were 
stressing you and both uh, do what you could to eliminate them when you could, and then also build in um, sort of balancers, things that balance out the stress that you you can't control. Is that kind of how a good way to describe the approach that you took there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just trying to be as clean as I can emotionally and physically. You know, the clean is like far as my energy. And mind you, you know, it's it's not, you know, I think we are in a different time. There's so much going on that it's hard not to take on energy that maybe it involves us on a on a high, on a level but it's we, we it's hard not to take it personal right um we're in a state of of our country that's that's a little crazy right now so d- definitely difficult um how do we not take on the stress of the world yet be a solution be part of the solution and so i think a lot of that becomes you know more of not complaining about things, not blaming people, but how do I impact um, and make and be part of the change? So it becomes more about empowering rather than about blaming and Mm -hmm. hating, (laughs) you know, and taking it more on personally, like of how can I do it in a positive way? Right. Yeah. Another way I've heard this described is that like managing your stress is sort of like a way of living your values almost. It's like putting those things into your life that are meaningful to you. And um, that allows you to be the person who can continue to make positive change in the world. Absolutely. I agree. So, wow. Well, that is just an incredible personal story. And, you know, when you're doing your important work there with Psychobar and kind of, um, you know, as you say, work with 1,800 instructors um, across the, the country and in, in some other countries too, how do you kind of take that approach to uh, to education and to training instructors? I mean, is there sort of like something about that personal experience that helps you set a framework for how those people sh- can develop and learn and grow? Yeah, I mean, we you know we also we have a huge um, ongoing education platform that um, not many uh, fitness entities do. Um, so we actually do these cycle star U events where we, uh, people from all over fly in and, and we, we, my master instructor team and myself, we lead these events and a lot of what we do. And even in the process of our boot camps that we do, and, and we have another, uh, uh, ongoing engagement where we, we communicate with all the cycle stars, uh, in a forum, um, is that we want people to be authentic, right? And to really use what they go through. Um, it does, it, you know, it's like I, you don't want to be negative up on the bike, right? So if you're going through something negative, spin it, mm-hmm. no pun intended, positively, right? Like I'm, you know, going through something right now, whatever it is, like I understand how hard it is to get here some days. It's hard for me too. Whatever it is, um, we want people to be authentic and we want them, you know, so really that's my, uh, my goal with all these instructors is to come for them to go into their studios and be authentic, be inspirational, 
be change makers by, you know, creating positive change makers in their community. Uh, and, and just take a lot, the, the workouts a given, right? We have a great workout. You're going to get a great workout. If you go to a cycle bar, uh, we have a, a couple ride formats that they're challenging. Um, the workouts are given, but the experience, the opportunity to give an experience and, and, uh, inspire someone no matter where they are in their day to be better than they were when they walked through the doors into that room um, is huge and to not take it lightly. So that's kind of always what my messaging is to um, these kids. The kids, I do love that you call them that. Um, How do you go about, I mean, that seems like, again, such a powerful message, but a challenging one to maintain across so much like space and time and so many different areas of the country that people are. Um, How, like, systematically, how do you work to build that in on a regular basis, even when people kind of aren't in, you know, that space of having that, um, you know, when they're not at Cycle Star U? Well, we do have a forum that we, um, my master instructor team, we post um, topics um, a couple times a week. And so we're constantly, um, the goal is to constantly inspire them. Mm-hmm. So that they can constantly be inspiring and, and, you know, they're inspired, they're going to go out and be inspired or inspiring to their uh, people in their classes. And so we do that. And also, I mean, I've been very fortunate uh, because of the longevity I've had in this business that I have a a stellar uh, master instructor team. A lot of them uh, you know, have come from, you know, flywheel or soul cycle and, you know, that I've known for several years. So I've got this team that is like-minded. Uh, so when they're, if it's not me going out there, you know, or, or they're going out there and doing this. So we're all on the, you know, we're all doing the same thing. So it's an incredible goal to have all of your instructors kind of molded in that um, shape. How do you track and measure that? I mean, it seems like such a weird question, but I mean, if we talk about goals, like we often think about what we measure and, and like, how do you know if you're successful in that? Had attrition. I mean, you know, you know, by the numbers, I mean, I, I I think for us as a brand, I think, I think we do really well. Um, and you, you get that, you know, you see numbers, uh, we do a feedback email. So after every class people, you know, can fill out a survey and their specific questions. And, um, we also, so we get feedback that way. I mean, we secret shop, we're a big company, right? So we, we do, uh, secret shop and make sure that, uh, certain things are happening and, and that, you know, usually comes back positive. So, for the most part, I think for us, we, we, I realized, um, obviously, having as many studios as we have, <clears throat> coming from another brand that only had, at the time, 40 studios, when I left it, um, you know, to going to now, I think we're at 180 open studios, it's a different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what I realized as we hit that 100 mark was that I have to figure out a way to stay in these people's heads and keep them inspired and motivated and committed to our brand. And that's why we came up with Cycle Star U. That's why I created that. That's why I created the forum where we post content and we stay connected. 
I love that vision of you kind of staying in their head. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, being that person to uh, to continue sharing that idea and those stories. Yeah, it's super important, I think. And, you know, it's because as we grow at the end of the year, we're going to have well over 200 studios open. And as we get into the first quarter of next year, we'll probably be closer to 250. So, um, you know, that, that's the only way to keep um, your kids in check is to keep them accountable by being accountable to them and giving them constantly giving them information. Right. So what kind of information do they find there? So we might uh, do different, like different ways to do, you know, a jog, different ways to um, do choreography or intervals, like with just different stuff um, that we like to do. And we also like to take the senior master instructor team and we, we do a three day weekend uh, where people again fly all over, and those events sell out within an hour every time they go up. We just did one last Friday where we put it up, and within an hour, it was sold out with thirty-eight people on the wait list. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, and these instructors are paying for themselves to travel to a different city. They're paying four hundred and fifty dollars to come to the weekend, the three days, and then they're paying for their travel, their airfare, and their hotels. But they, they want to come because they love the opportunity to grow and evolve. And so we're really big on that as a brand. And I think that that's um, one way. And I think that they stay connected to it and we're able to keep them inspired. Well, that definitely sounds like another sign of <laughs> another way to track progress toward that goal or another sign of proof that you are achieving that goal of, of yes. engaged for sure. Well, you mentioned that the ongoing growth of Cycle Bar too, and um, which does kind of lead me to the other big question we ask on the show about the future. Uh, so again, this can be personal or professional, but what is a big goal that you have for the future and how do you plan to make it happen? <laughs> Boy, I've, I've got lots of plans. Um, <laughs> no, with Cycle Bar, I mean, they're, you know, look, we're growing so we're growing. We're just growing and we're going to get bigger. And we are actually the largest indoor cycling brand uh, out there right now. And I had no doubt that that's going to, we're going to continue to dominate that. Um, I, I think professionally, there's more that I want to do as far as I think I've done a really good job at figuring out how to keep the key players inspired. And I mean, our key pay- players to us in this field um, is your talent and that's your, your instructors, mm-hmm. right? So I think it, 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 somewhere I would like to uh, go help others figure that out and how to go into and keep their key players, whatever it is, inspired. So, you know, we've got several brands at Exponential. Maybe it's something in that realm. Maybe it's uh, bigger. I don't know. But I do think that through this, I've come to accept, which is never easy, right? It's super hard to find your self-worth. Mm-hmm. I think that's a journey for, you know, to get to that point. And it, and it took me 
you know, if you asked me this question two years ago, I wouldn't be giving this answer. But, um, you know, I think it's taken me a, a, a long time to accept my self-worth and to say, I'm good at this. Mm. I'm really good at bringing people together. I'm really good at uh, figuring out how to inspire people, how to motivate and, and, you know, as a whole of a brand inspiring. So individually and then bigger into brands. So I think that's my goal is to make more of an impact um, on that level, whether it be in our exponential brands um, or, you know, uh, uh, doing something as well outside or bigger than that. I do feel like I do have a gift and I want to be able to um, utilize that. Yeah, that is a special talent to be able to not just have that ability to inspire people and build community, but the ability to show others how to do that too. That's next level for sure. So maybe, I don't know, just tell me a little bit right now, like how how did you realize your self-worth? Was there like a process that you went through or how did you come to admit that you were good at that? I mean, I think it's, you know, we're, we're so hard on ourselves. We really are, right? We're so hard on ourselves and we all we look for other people to tell us how great we are and they can tell us how great we are all the time and it's still not going to resonate until something within you know we feel that and i think it's just owning starting to own that yes i have taken responsibility for the crap that i've created cuz there's been crap mm-hmm. right um, but there's also been great things and, you know, one being body and soul and the community and the really being the, the inspiration for soul cycle, which then in turn, the inspiration for flywheel because of Ruth, um, and cycle bar, right. So, and all these other, uh, fitness things. So to be okay with owning my story, mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, yeah, I've done a lot of great things because sometimes we harp on the mistakes mm-hmm. more than the victories. And then you have to do that inventory, right? So there's, there's work you got to do. I'm a big proponent of therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, meditation and, and, you know, really looking at how I create my environment um, and all the things that come my way as opportunities for growth. Um, I'm lucky to have a partner who calls me out on my stuff Mm. Um, and is also there to, who, who, you know, has made, given me the freedom to be accountable and, and showing me that I can be accountable for all the good that I do Mm -hmm. and the the mess ups that I make. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm human. I make mistakes all the time Um, as a parent. Oh my God. The hardest job I have is as a parent. Um, you know, it's never easy. And so I, I think giving yourself permission to have your failures, but really celebrating your, your victories. And I think that finding that what you're good at, it's okay to say, I'm really good at this. And it doesn't mean that you're egotistical. It doesn't mean that you have an ego. And if you ask, you know, I, I, I have some of the biggest names on my senior master instructor team. And I think that they have all said that one of the greatest things about working with me is that I have no ego. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm better than them. I'm not better than them. Mm-hmm. 
there's some instructors that are not even master instructors that might be better than me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As, as an instructor. I mean, and I learn, I, I'm constantly learning. And so I think it's just, you know, being able to own your, your, what you're good at and not be ashamed or feel like you're being egotistical or an egomaniac or, you know, self-absorbed, but like, Hey, I'm good at this. Yeah. This is what I can do to help you. It's so interesting because so often on this podcast, we do have um, entrepreneurs and uh, other really successful people, and they often are very forthcoming about their failures. And I think that that's correlated, like you say, to being also able to like objectively assess your success, that you can view both through the lens of um, these are things that are true and the failures are not, um, you know, not taking either of them so personally that they allow you to kind of cloud your vision of what you're capable of. Well, they don't define you. Yeah. Right? They don't define you. Those failures don't define you. They might have uh, paved the way to a different something happening or a different career or a different journey or whatever it might be, um, but they don't define you. Mm-hmm. And they're opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I think that we we have to forgive ourselves Mm -hmm. because you can't forgive other people until you forgive yourself anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that, that's not a weakness that that's just a growth mindset (laughs) to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's a excellent like tie into our like kind of better, faster, stronger uh, motto for this, for this quarter. It's like, sometimes that is not just about pushing through as fast and as furious as you can. It's like really being thoughtful about the ways to make yourself um, a better human being <laughs> in addition to just a stronger athlete. Uh, yeah. And how do I not go down that road that leads me to those things that didn't serve me well mm-hmm. or that I w- wasn't the best version of me? So how do, I, how do I do this differently so that I can be a better version of me instead of being that version that I look at that I, I don't want to ever be again? And that is, it can go in that, you know, healing and a physical injury. Like, how do I get to there? I don't work out seven times a week without stretching or I don't, you know, if I'm sick, I don't feel well. I take the, I give myself permission Mm -hmm. to heal, Mm -hmm. you know, permission to heal. And I think permission to heal is mentally, physically, you know, spiritually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Love that so much. Well, in the meantime, Tevi, I can't thank you enough for joining us on We Got Goals today. Um, as you say, Cycle Bar is growing so fast, and there are so many new studio- studios everywhere all the time. Um, what's the best way for people to keep tabs on what's happening there and also to follow what you're doing at Cycle Bar? So you can uh, obviously go to CycleBar.com, our website. Um, inst- we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook all of our studios, um, but the main at cycle bar for Instagram and Twitter for me, um, because I'm old, uh, social media, I try really hard, but it's, it's not my forte, but I, I am on at, at Tevia C at, uh, on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram. Incredible. Well, thank you again for joining us and for sharing both your personal and professional successes. And we wish you all the best and continued good health for sure. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. 
So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please, share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or review while you're there, we would so appreciate it. That helps other goal getters find the show. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music. To our guest this week, Tevia Selly. To Ryan Deffitt for editing. And of course, tons of gratitude to you, our listeners.